Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Gemma. Oh, yes. Hello, welcome to another 10 Backward, the UK-based podcast talking all about Star Trek. Uh, I am one host, Rick Everson, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Rick Palmer. Hello. Will Turland. Hello. And Gemma Turland. Hello. And this is uh, one of our special set of interviews that we recently did. When we came up to our 100th episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about what made people podcast about Star Trek. So we interviewed some awesome people who had who were variously involved in awesome podcast-type projects. Um, but we couldn't use it all in the 100th episode because it would have been hours long. These people have got a lot to say, and all this content was so fantastic we thought we'd release it separately so you can hear all the interviews in full. So this one, we interview Andrea Davis, better known as Vintage1983 on Twitter, uh, and of course known for her team basement work. But uh, she is on the podcast Trek This Out, and uh, well, this is what she had to say. Enjoy. Okay, so, so my name's Andrea. Um, people who sort of frequent Twitter and these types of places might know me as Vin, um, which I have had to learn to answer to in real life, which is really, really odd. Um, so I'm one of the co-hosts on Trek This Out. Um, we've been around since sort of earlier in the year. Um, we started off when Picard aired. Um, so that was the, the fir- our first episode actually was a review of Nemesis um, just before Picard kicked in. Um, we did a sort of weekly review of the series. Um, we did some host choices, there, and we're, we're currently reviewing Discovery um, as it comes out each week. Um, there are five of us on the podcast. Um, some of the guys also present Doctor Who podcasts. Um, so if anyone's kind of interested in, in other fandoms, um, they do exist, people. Um, you might want to check out Prompt Who as well. Um, and some of the guys have a film podcast, which I've dropped into occasionally, which is called Take Your Seats. Um, so I don't tart myself around quite as much as some of the others, but, um, well, not in that respect anyway. Um, <laughs> that's us, really. Um, uh, how would you describe the, um, the general layout of your uh, trip this out and the tone of it and the tone i I would say that we range from the the very serious and sensible to the absolutely ridiculous um it's a podcast with a a sense of humor um i think as host we all have the ability to send us send ourselves up and we are a little bit sweary sometimes um some of us are cruder than others um so we tend to mix the a bit of daftness with, with a little bit of sensibleness. We, we've got Lindsay to keep us on the right track, I think. I think myself and Bob in particular are inclined to get sillier, um, particularly when egged on and encouraged. So how did you um, how did you get into it, or how did, how did you get started with the podcast? Um, well, I came on your show, um, which was very, very helpful. It was very nice of you to sort of have me. It was one of my first kind of podcast experiences. 
And basically, my friend Lindsay um, was a guest on the Doctor Who podcast um, by picking a bit of an argument with Bob the Host on Twitter, um, and so how she ended up on there. Um, and Bob was kind of planning a, a Star Trek version, um, and he invited Lindsay on and said, "Do you know anyone else who might want to sort of come on the show?" Or maybe I think initially, me and Lindsay were going to kind of alternate weeks. Um, and we did the first one. We had a really good laugh. So, so we decided all of us would, would do each week. Um, and I think initially I was kind of brought on as the the lay person because um, I, I did very much describe myself as an, an accidental Trekkie. Um, and it's funny because I think Star Trek's kind of it's always been in the background in life. Um, I'm very much of that kind of six o'clock BBC two generation, um, yeah. which will, will make sense to, to people from Britain of a certain age. Um, I've got older brothers. It was always something that, that we watched as a family in the house. Um, you know, you watch, you watch the films at Christmas, you know, you, you sit around, well, you watch the one with the wheels? Cause that's the one that everyone who doesn't necessarily know about Star Trek has always seen and recognizes. Uh, and I remember quite vividly, um, my brother coming in from blockbuster video with the pilot of next generation that he'd rented from the video shop. Um, and I know we, we've just kind of been sort of chatting before we started recording it about the fact that you can't see Lower Decks officially in the UK. Um, and we've forgotten about that period of having to wait for things to come out, that the things that are out in the States and we have to wait like a year or 18 months before we get to see them. And I remember being very excited about this VHS. I remember sitting down and watching it. And to be honest, I think it was probably about seven and i don't think i really understood the plot particularly uh, but i did quite i quite enjoyed the spaceships and and that sort of thing um, and i do vividly remember seeing q in his chair so that's one of my kind of early star trek memories i think um and, and i kind of so i've always watched star trek it's always been a kind of part of my life um and i think when discovery came out i kind of got pulled into this trekky world um via Twitter, um, I decided to go to Destination Star Trek um, to um, get a particular autograph. Um, when I booked my tickets, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I thought I was just going to go. I'm going to get my thing signed. I'm going to get my nice photograph. I'm going to go back to my hotel. I'm going to get a train home. Um, and by the time I got there, from I think I booked kind of March, February kind of time. By the time it, it sort of rolled around to the end of October um, 2018, I knew loads of people via Twitter and I had a really good time. Um, and I think that community and the people um, have kind of sucked me into this world a little bit more than I might have been. Um, and I think that's kind of a lovely thing um, about Star Trek and about sort of particularly in the online community. I think it's it's quite a welcoming place. And I know you've got that element who maybe aren't welcoming, but they are... A gobby minority. I think most people who are kind of into Star Trek, uh, a kind of a friendly community who've kind of welcomed me, in, and I'm quite grateful for that. So, so I think podcasting is probably a bit of an extension of that. What What is it? Do you think? What or What is it for for you? Maybe do you, that makes like Star Trek such a compelling subject to talk about because there's a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there, and it does seem like. If you're a Star Trek fan, you've got a lot to say about Star Trek. What what is it do you think about Star Trek that that drives people to to want to talk about it? I think it's one of those things that has almost become bigger than a TV show. 
Um, it, because there's so much of it over such a long period of time, I think partly like there, I've just pulled out a couple of memories from childhood. Um, but I can watch new Star Trek this week. Um, so it, it's a mm. constant, I think. And sometimes I think you kind of, you can benchmark those periods in life by what was happening in Star Trek. Um, I think there's that huge element of world building to the point where like, like the Federation feels like an actual thing sometimes. And you have to remind yourself that actually like that's fictional, that does not exist. Um, but we still have these ideals about what it should be like and, and what it stands for. Um, and I think a lot of those ideals that come through Star Trek are, are things that we do aspire to as people. So I, I think there's that kind of aspirational element, um, but it's very character driven. And I think everybody can find the character that they can identify with. Um, they might not even be the character that you like the best, but you think, yeah, yeah I can see myself in them. I, I can kind of, I'll not tell you which Star Trek character I get likened to the most because I don't know if it's flattering or not. Um, <laughs> But um, not Luax and a Troy, um, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think why. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's something for everybody because I think you've got that element of action. I think you've you've got that character-driven story. Um, you sometimes have those mystery elements. I think it's quite a. It's more than sci-fi. Um, and the, the, even as a show, it's played with different genres because they've got a holodeck so they, they can kind of give you a western this week um and i suppose i suppose it, it's like those other shows with, with that massive amount of history and world building like like i'm a big doctor who fan um and you've got thick end of 60 years of sort of story to play with um and all of that law that's built around it, and what time lords are, and it's that same thing. I think it's almost like a you can have endless conversations. You can have a conversation about philosophy based on an episode of Star Trek. So I can see why people want to talk about it. Yeah, totally, I totally agree with that. Um, that that's interesting what you say about um, kind of benchmarking times in your life by Star Trek. I, I do I do find myself think whenever we um like now we're, we're in the a sort of golden age where we're getting new um star trek shows and whenever we see the pilot episode of a new star trek show I'm like, oh i remember when we saw when i saw the pilot of enterprise and i remember when i first saw the pilot of ds9 and it, there is something very nostalgic weirdly about watching new star trek mm -hmm. i think it, it gets it gets kind of grained. It, it becomes one of your frames of reference. Like if anyone, like particularly in the UK, is kind of aware of "I'm a celebrity, get me out of here." Russell Watson's in there, and every time he comes on the screen, I want to shout, "Sing Faith of the Heart." That's exactly what I've been doing. I've been sat there, and my wife's got like, "What are you on about?" Says so he sang the, the theme tune to Enterprise. It's like sing it, Russell, sing it. But yeah, it does it. It becomes your kind of your cultural frame of reference and I think particularly if you've gone to conventions if you've interacted with people like you've also got that degree of memory and it's that shared experience which is really really nice um 
don't ask me why, but for some reason, trying to get into a casino at half past three in the morning, and they say that Spock has to remove his ears and wig to get in. It, it's just, it's going to stay with you, that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I do. I, I think it is a cultural reference point. Um, I, th- I think very much so. I, I think even kind of the average person who isn't particularly into the show um can identify a picture of the Enterprise and they at least know who Captain Kirk is. Like, there's not many people, like, walking around in the sort of, in the free world who kind of aren't aware it exists, at least. Um, and it is, it, it, it's just, it's a nice thing to be part of. Um, I do remember that um, you may have imprisoned Jason Isaacs in your basement. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I haven't imprisoned anybody, and it's not. Oh, okay, okay. Crime Lorca is hiding out in my basement. It, right, right. It's, it's voluntary. Well, to be honest, that statement has probably pulled me into the world of Star Trek. Um, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't sort of come across me before, um, you're doing well. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so I kind of got into t- to sort of Twitter and stuff around that. So I'm sort of I'm, I'm a little little wee bit of a fan, um, shall we say? Uh, but I'd never kind of been in, in that kind of organised fandom. And when Mira Locker was um, dispatched with a sword, and there was a tweet with a picture of saying find Prime Locker on Jason Isaac's Twitter. And I'd just been stupid because it, it's what I'm like. I just put, don't worry, he's fine. He's in my basement. And it kind of got traction. Um, and it, it, I, I feel like I inadvertently started a cult. Um, <laughs> I think people were saying cult. Um, I hope they were saying cult. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it just kind of it became a thing um, to the point where, like, there's been women in Australia who've like gone to a convention and gone to Jason Isaacs's autograph table and said, I'm in the basement. And he knows exactly what we should, they're talking about, um, <laughs> which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He's always very, very lovely to me in person. So I can't really complain. Um, but the nice thing about that is actually there's this kind of, it's quite a big group now. Um, and there are a lot of, it's particularly women, um, a lot of us are women of a certain age. Um, we're a bit of a HRT brigade these days. Um, he's not getting any younger. Um, but there is this group of really kind, supportive, um, thoughtful women who look after each other now um, and wouldn't have known each other. Um, and that's something I'm, I probably do get some stick because I have got a bit of a crude sense of humour. Um, but I'm quite proud of that. Um I think there are there are some some girls in there who are a little bit more vulnerable who kind of need that network, and I think particularly with COVID, um, people who felt quite isolated know that because it's quite an international group, there'll be someone kicking around in that chat twenty four hours a day, um, and if you're having a bad day, somebody will be to say, "Do you want to chat?" Um, and, and that is a really nice thing. That that's something I'm I'm pleased happened, even though it was completely accidentally. Um, I didn't sort of think I'm going to start a fan club. Um, it just happened um, organically. Um, I think that was the word again. Um, but no, that that was again. I'm good at accidents. I'm an accidental trekkie, um, and I'm an accidental basement keeper. So, 
But um, yeah, Prime Law, because I think he's watching MasterChef in his Spider-Man pyjamas at the moment. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I like that, that you say it was sort of like a, a, a silly off-the-cuff tweet, but it's it has massively spiralled, and it's not just it's not entirely accidental because um, you've you've kind of spearheaded um, charity things as well with, under the team basement name. You kind of as, as accidentally as you say, it's kind of I think you have kind of maybe spearheaded. It more to a force for good um, than it's just naturally accidentally fallen into. I think f- fandom can be quite a powerful thing in lots of different ways. Um, and, and yeah, for like, I am quite, I do have quite a, a sort of serious job in real life. Uh, and there were a couple of other people there who we kind of, we work with, with people who, who kind of need that additional help, who are vulnerable in some way and, um, and do that that type of work. So I, I work with, with kids with, with sort of social, emotional, mental health needs, um, who often have quite chaotic lives. Um, Deb, who's kind of second in command in a lot of ways, because Deb's a good organizer um, and a good galvanizer of people. De- Deb works with, with refugees; she's, she's in social work. Um, so I think that probably comes from who we are outside of fandom, but also if you can use that to do something positive, um, again, I, I think that's quite a, a good thing to do. I think at last tally, I think we hit about £5,000 for spread across various charities and um, Great Ormond Street. Um, I did a, I did an abseil and a swing through a waterfall in December um, to raise money for that. That was very, very, very cold because um, I'm quite northern and it's cold anyway um, and there was snow on the ground and I didn't particularly enjoy myself, but I did it. Um, the Red Cross is another charity we've raised money for um, and sort of we try to kind of spread it around. Um, we did one for Lumos. Um, so it is it it's sort of it, there's this big group of people who come together for something um and share something and it's quite nice to give something back um and i think we've been very lucky because we get quite a lot of signed goodies and things to give away so um that that is a massive boost to um to our fundraising efforts yeah um and it's it's very much appreciated and i think that poor man has sat and signed things until his pen ran out um, it's like no i'm going to sign everything um and, and it's nice sometimes because sometimes you get people in the group who maybe aren't going to have that opportunity to to get an autograph in person but there's a way they can get something they really want and we can kind of give something back at the same time so so yeah it's, it felt like it felt like the right thing to do i think so I'm certainly not up for any sainthood, so I'm a little bit naughty in many, many ways, but um, it just seemed like if you've got a group of people who are all interested in the same thing, what can we do with this? Um, that might make a little bit of a difference. Full credit for running with it as well, because I mean, I've, I've read I've read your, um, your, your stories regarding... Um, I'm worried now. I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean they make me they make me laugh. um, Your humour really comes through in them. They're really good. Um, But as as well as the writing, um, you're putting a lot of your art on Twitter. Um, It's like it's like a kind of a few of the talks we've had about um, podcasting and generally the interactions. It's like often seems like Star Trek is a great way for people who have a real creative streak in them to sort of have find an outlet to express them express themselves a lot of ways um do you find that's happened with you when you've been 
putting a lot of your writing and your drawing out there, particularly um, the, uh, the Lorca-based stuff. Well, write, writing's a bit of a hangover for my first sort of dipping me toe into fandom um, was probably about 11, 12 years ago. Um, and I do get slightly obsessed with Ashes to Ashes, um, which if anyone's listening and hasn't seen, um, please watch that. Please watch Life on Mars. They're fantastic. Um, and all these people were going on about like fan fiction. I'm like, what's fan fiction? Um, so I, I did a little bit of investigation. I was like, oh, this is quite naughty. I, I could do this. I'm going to have a go. Uh, and I did a little bit then. And then it was something that kind of got left in the cupboard. Um, and it sort of it resurfaced around. Again, that's something that like kind of Star Trek kind of nudged us to kind of get back into a little bit. Um, if anybody has a, a warped sense of humour like me, um, there is a the, the, the Basement Locker's log, um, which is available on archive of our own. Um, don't read the other stuff. Just don't. You'll have to, like, burn your eyes with bleach after you, you've read some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not safe for anybody. Work. Um, that's obviously some kind of outlet <laughs> that we best not discuss. Um but yeah, the drawing, to be honest, I used to draw when I was probably a teenager and it was something that I think life just gets in the way and it got forgotten um, and it was a skill that I hadn't used for a really long time. And I sort of started, and I think, to be honest, you, you see other people's Star Trek art and it, there's some amazing stuff out there. Um, I'm a huge fan of Gabby. Um, I think mm. she's, um, what's her? I'll just have a quick look for her app because I, I think she's really worth I, I think it's Dakar she's going under at the moment. Um, and, and her sort of work, and she's so lovely and supportive. Um, and you see loads of it and you think, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to have a go. I'm not that good, but I'm going to have a go. Um, and it took us a while to get back into it. Um, and I've had some health issues. Um, and I sort of struggle with, with sort of, it's quite muscular, the, the difficulties I have. So keeping my hands going is really important. Um, and it seemed like a good way to do that at the same time. Um, and I just kind of slowly got back into it. Um, and I've really kind of enjoyed myself. And I think especially with kind of lockdown, there is nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. Um, and it's a, quite a good outlet for that. And again, you've got a community of people who are really encouraging and like, Oh, I like do this next, and that's really good. And, and and even if I'm looking at it thinking it's crap, I know someone will come along. And go, I really like that. Well done. Um, so yeah, I, I think it. Star Trek has a, you see people making fantastic costumes and like all sorts. I, I think there are those extra dimensions. And there's people 3D printing things, and and, and I, I quite like that like sort of mend and, and make do element of fandom where people just go off and, and just do their own bits and pieces. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And um, yeah, as 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 Rick was saying, I think um, that's interesting. I, I, like a lot a lot of people who who do Star Trek podcasts are, are people who are quite kind of creative and, and looking for a, for an outlet. And I mean, I I really enjoy doing the editing on the podcast. When I say I enjoy it. I also moan about it all the time. <laughs> but every I mean, I editor enjoy. does the same. I think I, I've come to that conclusion rapidly that like. Uh, on our Bob's the editor on ours, and and Bob just it's Bob's baby really creates all the jingles and, and all of that type of stuff. And I wouldn't know where to start. To be truthful, I am like I'm not technical. It's just I log into Skype and I do a bit, and then Bob makes the magic happen. Um, so so I'm quite grateful that that he's got all of those skills. Um, 
that I do not possess and I'm, I'm quite envious of and I feel like I should learn, but I think it would take a, a huge feat for me to get my head around that and be successful. So hats off. If you you can do the editing, um, that's a, that's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, I definitely enjoy the creativeness of it. Of it, and I think and the, someone else that we spoke to, I can't remember who it was, he, um, said that it they felt like it was like they were able to contribute to the the Star Trek universe in a way. You know, you love love this world so much that you feel like you want to you want to make something in it, and, and doing a podcast is just a, a little bit like that. I, I think I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I think sometimes I, I think almost I think because I was quite sort of I was a Doctor Who fan in the wilderness years, um, so everything came from the fans because nothing was being produced, and I wasn't part of Star Trek at that point where nothing was happening. Um, but I think when there's nothing coming out in particular. Um, things that survive and have that longevity fans do step up and think actually no one else is creating content so we have to um so i think star trek's probably had that period as well where it's kind of fans have kept the torch going really um more than once um because there's a pretty significant gap really but certainly on television um where there was no star trek so so people have filled that void um and I think that's happened in other places. I mean, realistically, like if you were a Doctor Who fan in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, like you decided it had died. So anything that was going to happen had to come from that community. Um, and I think Star Trek's probably the same. And now we're spoiled because there is so much Star Trek, we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we're really in like a sort of a golden era of Star Trek where it just feels like every other week they're announcing a new show. <laughs> It's right. Yeah. There are these many weeks of new Star Trek for people to watch, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. We're, we're literally on the third series of the year now. It's incredible. It's like it's quite nice because I think when Discovery was kind of that build up to it coming out, I wasn't really that actively involved, so I, I didn't get to be part of that awesome news coming out. What's it going to be like? Who's going to be in it? What's it going to look like? I, I missed that. Um, which is a shame, really, because I, I imagine like that because that was the first one that was like Star Trek's coming back, um, and I wasn't massively, but certainly not sort of online and things. I wasn't massively part of that. But now I feel like you know, I remember Picard being announced. And it was like, oh, there's more Star Trek. There's more Star Trek. Um, so yeah, that's quite nice. And I also imagine in that run up to Discovery, there's probably that degree of trepidation because I've been through that sort of. Or the reboot in Doctor Who, and it's like, oh, is, is it going to be any good though? What if it flops? It'll be dead forever if it flops. What if it's rubbish? Um, so, so you've got that that like sort of nervous energy because it's coming back, um, and I, and I do sort of I do sort of mourn the fact that I wasn't kind of part of that that part of the story. But I think that there's so much going on. It, it, it's just it's just everywhere at the moment. There's so much merchandise. There is so much merchandise. Like I've made a deal with myself not to buy tat because I, if I start buying tat, I will buy so much tat. So like no tat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
collectors of, of Star Trek memorabilia, but like if I start filling cupboards with stuff, um, I'm a bit of a completist and I can't afford to be a completist. So I would rather just keep it to a bare minimum. Um, I do have a knitted locker though, and I have a knitted prime locker. <laughs> I also have a knitted Lucius Malfoy, but yeah, I have I have their knitters and they're sitting in my, my little cabinet. But I, I've kept it really kind of low on like goodies because I would need to buy a new house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could drop thousands just on those Eagle Moss ships alone. That's, uh... Well, because obviously I'd not been to like any like a convention like like that before, and I, there was this huge queue. I was talking to Terry, who who anyone who frequents. Twitter will not tell the Trekkie. Um, mm. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I need to get in the Eagle Moss queue. It's like, why? He was like, because I, I need to get in this queue. Otherwise, I won't get. I can't remember what it was now. I won't get one. Um, and it's like, well, okay. And it's like, going <laughs> up for a plastic ship. <laughs> <laughs> but if I bought one, I would want to buy them all. So I just, in my head's like, no, they're just plastic ships. I'm not buying one of those. Um, but yeah, and we collect enough enough stuff in this house so there's just not the walls that are just grown like please don't buy more shit so i'm i'm trying not to buy lots of merch um and i'm doing i'm doing well it's like a one day at a time but i do look at stuff and think i kind of want that mm-hmm. I want that um i would quite like a new costume i would like a new costume um but my special kind of proviso is that my theme is always skunk trek. Um, so I, I can tend to find quite cheap, um, possibly not official costumes, which tick the boxes. So um, it's not too bad. But um, <laughs> I would quite like I would quite like I would quite like a white discovery sort of nurse's outfit. But I would have to skunkify it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, far, they're far too modest. I would have to like put my own spin on that. But. Uh, I'm sure I would like to get that done for next year. So watch this space. <laughs> and do you, um, something something we've asked everyone actually is: um, Do you have a uh, like a favorite Star Trek series and uh, and a favorite episode? It's a funny one because. I've kind of gone back and revisited things. I'm kind of going back through my rewatch journey because I think probably at some point when Deep Space Nine was airing, I kind of hit an age where, like, I discovered, like, pubs and other stuff um, that would I wouldn't discuss in front of my mother. Um, and I kind of got lost off a little bit. And I feel like I'd seen all of Deep Space Nine but probably not in the right order. And it's always been one of those Star Trek where I've thought, I don't like Deep Space Nine as much as some of the others. It's not that I don't like it, but I just, it's not my favourite. Um, and I've been re-watching Deep Space Nine and I just have this complete new kind of set of eyes on it because I'm watching it in the right order, um, like regularly and frequently. Um, and I've, it's kind of been rehabilitated a bit for me because it was always kind of the Star Trek I wasn't sure about. Um, I suppose that I suppose really I've just I've just rewatched all of Next Generation. Um, it's often a source of, of sort of tension on the podcast because I tend to be a bit of an original series defender um, because I have quite a lot of affection for it. But my my favorite my favorite Star Trek because it has always been my favorite Star Trek. It is Wrath of Khan. 
Um, I won't hear any bad words said about it. Um, <laughs> I know there are bad words that can be said about it. I just don't want to hear them. Um, because it does, it just, I think I was talking before about that sort of period in life and it just evokes like a bank holiday weekend or Christmas or or some other kind of time where everyone's in the house watching and just the whole family being together watching and enjoying the same thing and I think that feeling kind of has, has never really gone away from it um, and it's not that long since I watched it and I still like that's ah, a bloody good film that it's a bloody good mm-hmm. film that um, it's, it's probably if it came out tomorrow and I'd never seen it before I don't know if I would say the same thing but <laughs> I have a lot of affection for it and obviously I've, I've become very much I'm very pro-discovery um and season three, it's really kind of, it's, it's gelled together a little bit for me in season three. I mean, I've got obvious affection for season one. Um, I've got obvious, obvious affection for season two, and we'll see him in Strange New Worlds. Um, but I just think season three, I just think it's been consistently so good. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're feeling the same about season three mm-hmm. and Discovery. Yeah, Wrath of Khan definitely has the same kind of place in my heart, I think. Because we ended up, for my for my stag do, we hired out a little private cinema and watched Wrath of Khan. I think I want some stag do. Yeah, it's 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 the most it's the most awesome thing I could think of to do, and I <laughs> I was right. <laughs> It has been said that I treat like conventions like a Benny Dorm Hindu, so yeah, I, I, I think I'd just have to go to Destination Star Trek for it, wouldn't I? Yeah, this is my Hindu. Um, I can't really imagine my mother like dressing up as a Klingon or anything, but it would be awful. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I would really like that. Um, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there is a. There, sorry, go ahead. It would be a really good story. <laughs> really excited about meeting William Shatner, and I have to say, well, he'll probably sign you an autograph, but he's not going to talk to you. Yeah, um, he won't. Uh, please, yeah, he won't look you in the eye. Direct me, please direct it straight, Bill. Um, it's not my fault. <laughs> Yeah, there is a, like a like there's a bit of a party atmosphere at DST. I think, particularly as the as the evening kicks in, and you know people have been sat in Weatherspoons for a few hours, and uh, yeah, kind of lightened up a bit, and and everyone's thinking about what they're going to do in the in the evening. It, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I don't know what happens. I think I must get this like spring of youthfulness because I'm like an old lady. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in my pajamas now, um, and when I go there, I can somehow get into bed at like quarter past four and get back up at seven and like be down and have my breakfast and be out by like half eight in like full makeup and and everything else and look fresh as a daisy. I, I don't. There's, there's some strange like. Halo comes over those kind of weekends. Um, I'll probably pay for it for the next week when I get home. But, but yeah, I seem to get this like special lease of life um, that, that doesn't surface very often at the moment. So so that's quite nice. 
So if anybody, unfortunately, wants to find me, you might find me and run away very quickly. Um, I am at Vintage1983V on Twitter. And I'm Vin of the Basement on Instagram. Um, and I am Vintage1983 on um, various sources of fan fiction, um, not for the faint-hearted, uh, the disclaimer. Um, but if, if you, you do have a slightly warped sense of humour, please feel free to read Um basement locker's log on there um trek this out podcast is at trek this out pod which you can find on twitter um and from your usual sources of podcasts cool awesome brilliant thank you thank you very much yeah thank you for that no bother um i'm not on the week now i like most people turn to pumpkins at midnight. I think I turn to a pumpkin about eight o'clock at the moment. <laughs> it's dark and it's cold and I want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've, I've, I've stayed alert and awake until well after 10 o'clock. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That's the power of Star Trek. <laughs> Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition! You ever noticed her bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at ten backward, ten being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash loweredexradio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or we're on various third-party apps. And if you could leave us a review on any of those, that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should... Rephrase that. Ten backward. Ten backward.